In your Bibles tonight, 2 Samuel chapter number 17, 2 Samuel chapter number 17, 1 Samuel 17 is one of the most preached chapters in the Bible, it's the story of David and Goliath. 2 Samuel 17 is one of the least preached chapters in the Bible, and uh, it's a wonderful story and some things that are transitional. It's not a passage of scripture that's often preach, but my job is not to pick what to preach, but to preach the whole counsel of God. And I look forward to sharing to you this passage of scripture and an interesting story. It is quite fascinating. There's a psalm that is almost uh, directly taken out of uh, the context that we find here in chapter number 17. We'll go there in a few minutes. It's Psalm 2. And what we're finding when we come to 2 Samuel chapter number 17, David is really at the lowest of the low. Uh, But the situation is going to change. The story is going to improve. And God is putting together the pieces to make sure that his anointed and chosen king, David, will remain and continue on the throne without regard to Absalom, David's son, evil plan to take over the throne of the nation of Israel. And when we come to chapter number 17, we're going to be reminded of a few folks we've talked about recently. One, his name is Ahithophel. Ahithophel comes on the scene uh, earlier on in David's life, and he is a counselor to King David. One of his very interesting connections to the story of the life of David is Ahithophel is the grandfather of Bathsheba. The grandfather of Bathsheba. And what we find out pretty quick is that Ahithophel is very glad to change his allegiance from David, the rightful king of Israel, to Absalom, David's son. Ahithophel has uh, as a powerful man of, of uh, great respect, and we see Ahithophel. Here in a minute, we're going to see a guy named Hushai. Hushai. Hushai, in chapter number 16, is David's good friend. Hushai is actually a... Uh, confederate with David, and he is working inside the ranks of Absalom's uh, leadership, Hushai, the king's friend, David's friend. And we'll see these guys. In a minute, we'll meet a unnamed woman that does a big job by securing and hiding and protecting some spies. And in chapter number 17, we're going to see a transition We're going to see the transition begin in the next chapter, in chapter number 18. I'll go ahead and spoil it. In chapter number 18, Absalom dies and David will soon regain control of the nation of Israel. And God's at work. We still see David at a moment of great low. We see David at a moment of weakness. We see David at a moment of weariness. We see David struggling. But I can just tell you, in David's, if we were to give David counsel on this night in 2 Samuel 17, we could say, hey, David, hang on just a little bit longer. Help is on the way. And perhaps you're here tonight and you're in a situation where you don't know if you can hang on any longer. I'll just tell you something. You keep trusting the Lord. You keep resting in God. You keep believing in the faithfulness of God. You choose to be on God's side. And I can tell you this, help is on the way. Grace and mercy and hope is on the way. You trust in the Lord. You'll be glad you did. Tonight's message is titled, Kiss the Sun. And I think you'll understand a little bit better here in a few minutes, but I want to read to you 2 Samuel chapter number 17. Follow along as we look at this story, this transition passage 
and the story of the life of David. The Bible says in 2 Samuel 17, verse number 1, Moreover, Ahithophel said unto Absalom, Let me now choose out 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue after David this night. And I will come upon him while he is weary and weak-handed, and will make him afraid. And all the people that are with him shall flee. And I will smite the king only. And I will bring back all the people unto thee. The man whom thou seekest is as if all return. So all the people shall be in peace. And the saying pleased Absalom well. And all the elders of Israel. Then said Absalom, Call now Hushai the archite also, and let us hear likewise what he saith. And when Hushai was come to Absalom, Absalom spake unto him, saying, Ahithophel hath spoken after this manner. Shall we do after his saying? If not, speak thou. And Hushai said unto Absalom, The counsel that Ahithophel hath given is not good at this time. For he for said, Hushai, thou knowest thy father and his men, that they be mighty men, and they be chafed in their minds as a bear robbed of her whelps in the field. And thy father is a man of war, and will not lodge with the people. Behold, he is hid now in some pit or in some other place, and it will come to pass when some of them be overthrown at the first, that whosoever heareth it will say, There is a slaughter among the people that follow Absalom. He is also that is valiant, whose heart is as the heart of a lion, shall utterly melt. For all Israel knoweth that thy father is a mighty man, and they which be with him are valiant men. Therefore I counsel that all Israel be generally gathered unto thee, from Dan even to Beersheba, as the sand that is by the sea for, the, for multitude, and that thou go to battle in thine own person. So shall we come upon him in some place where he shall be found. And we will light upon him as the dew falleth on the ground. And of him and of all the men that are with him, there shall not be left so much as one. Moreover, if he be gotten into a city, then shall all Israel bring ropes to that city. And we will draw it into the river until there be not one small stone found there. And Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The counsel of Hushai the Archite is better than the counsel of Ahithophel. For the Lord had appointed to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel to the intent that the Lord might bring evil upon Absalom. Verse number 15. Then said Hushai unto Zadok and Abiathar the priest, Thus and thus did Ahithophel counsel Absalom and the elders of Israel, and thus and thus have I counseled. Now therefore send quickly and tell David, saying, Lodge not this night in the plains of the wilderness, but speedily pass over, lest the king be swallowed up and all the people that are with him. Now Jonathan and Ahimaaz stayed by Enrogel, for they might not be seen to come into the city. And a wench went about, went and told them, and they went and told King David. Nevertheless, a lad saw them and told Absalom, but they went both of them away quickly and came to a man's house in Bahurim, which had a well in his court, whither they went down. And the woman took and spread a covering over the well's mouth and spread ground corn thereon, and the thing was not known. And when Absalom's servants came to the woman to the house, they said, Where is Ahimaaz and Jonathan? And the woman said unto them, They be gone over the brook of water. 
And when they had sought and could not find them, they returned to Jerusalem. And it came to pass after they were departed that they came up out of the well and went and told King David and said unto David, Arise and pass quickly over the water, for thus hath Ahithophel counseled against you. Then David arose and all the people that were with him, and they passed over Jordan by the morning light. There lacked not one of them that was not gone over Jordan. Verse 23. And when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his ass and arose and got him home to his house, to his city, and put his household in order and hanged himself and died and was buried in the sepulcher of his father. Then David came to Mahanaim and Absalom passed over Jordan, he and all the men of Israel with him. And Absalom made Amasa captain of the host instead of Joab, which Amasa was a man's son whose name was Ithraim, an Israelite, that went into Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, sister to Zeruiah, Job's mother. So Israel and Absalom pitched in the land of Gilead. And it came to pass when David was come to Mahanaim that Shobai, the son of Nahash, of Rabbah, of the children of Ammon, and Machir, the son of Amiel, of Lodabar, and Barzillai, the Gileadite, of Rogelim, brought beds and basins and earthen vessels and wheat and barley and flour and parched corn and beans and lentils and parched pulse and honey and butter and sheep and cheese of kine for David and for the people that were with him to eat. For they said the people is hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. And we've got this transition passage here. And we see at this moment, David, though there's no doubt that what God has made clear to him is that he's going to be the king of Israel. But have you ever known, have you ever been in a situation where you know the promises of God and you know that the situation, as rough as it is right now, you know somehow... Some way it's going to turn out, but there's always that little bit of knot in your gut. You've you've experienced that, right? And uh, and the truth is, it's it's faithlessness. It is, Uh, but it happens, and we need to know that we can trust the Lord. And what we have to do in those moments where faithlessness begins to rise up in our hearts and our souls is we need to determine to be on the right side and choose God, God's way, God's word, and the person of Jesus Christ. We need to choose the principled life in these moments where, my lands, this could go either way. I don't know how it's going to end up. And when we come to the story, we're going to see some folks. We're going to see Ahithophel's plan. And Ahithophel has decidedly turned against God's anointed David and against God himself, Ahithophel. We're going to see Hushai's plan. Hushai has decidedly determined to go with God, God's man, God's will, and God's way. And God's going to use Hushai in a big way. We're going to meet up with a woman. She's not named. You know, God uses people, nameless people, to do mighty great works. And I'm thankful for that. We'll see the woman and the spies. And God's going to use this woman in a big way. We're going to see Ahithophel's death. It's tragic and sad. But it's the end of folks who choose the flesh, who choose and yearn in their hearts for revenge. Ahithophel's death. And finally, we're going to see the transition and the preparation and the scene set for Absalom's defeat. 
So we look at this passage of Scripture. There's a passage of Scripture I want you to see that correlates with 2 Samuel 17 and the chapters that surround it. If you keep your finger in 2 Samuel 17 and turn over with me to Psalm chapter number 2, I'd like for you to see it with me. Psalm chapter number 2. I love preaching from Psalm chapter number 2. Not only is it a reminder and show us what's going on when a a group of people, a rebel group of people like Absalom, choose the flesh and the desires of the flesh over God. But it is a great picture of what we do when we try to choose our own way over God's way. And we come to Psalm 2, verse number 1. The Bible says, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves. The rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill in Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings. Be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. Verse 12. Kiss the son lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Psalm 2 gives the picture of what's going on here. You've got Absalom, you've got Ahithophel, you've got armies of men who've turned their back on God, on God's anointing, on God's plan, on God's will. And as much as they plot and scheme and plan, as much power as they have, and even when they have these little glimmers of hope that they may succeed in defeating God and God's will, all along we know that you and I and the armies of the world are no match for our Creator. And in conclusion of Psalm chapter number 2, I love this little phrase. It's Advice to the reader. It's advice to the hearer of the stories like I'm going to share with you tonight. It's advice to us today. If you've got any sense at all, you're going to kiss the sun. You're going to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to embrace and rest in the perfect will of God. You're going to kiss the sun. You're going to acknowledge that Jesus is king and Lord of your life. And you're going to welcome God's leadership in your lives. You see, in every area of our life, we should embrace the will of God. In every area of our life, we should determine not to fight against the will of God. It's so sad for me to see people who fight the will of God. It is like fighting against the dearest of friends. With both the best of intentions and the means in which to make the best of things come to pass in your life. Don't fight God. Don't fight God's will. Don't fight God's plan. Kiss the sun.
kiss the son. And when we study this passage of scripture together, we're going to find out the folks who kiss the son embrace the Savior. The folks who kiss the son are those folks who've made the wise choice. It's a wise thing to choose to worship and serve and obey the Lord Jesus Christ. Kiss the Son. Let's consider a few things. As you go back to 2 Samuel 17, we should stay there for the rest of the evening. 2 Samuel 17, and beginning in verse number 1. Let's consider this number 1, Ahithophel's plan. Now, Ahithophel is uh, quite the guy. As a matter of fact, the nation of Israel has come, uh, they've been blinded to a certain extent. And Ahithophel's counsel, and according to chapter number 16, is like the oracle of God. It's like the word of God. And so Ahithophel, understanding the power that he has, and with the grudge and the bitterness and the anger that he has toward King David, he takes advantage of his power and his his authority at the moment. And he plots a plan in order to take over and kill King David. The Bible says in verse 1, Ahithophel said unto Absalom, let me now choose out 12,000 men and I will arise and pursue after David this night. I will come upon him while he is weary and weak-handed and will make him afraid and all the people that are with him shall flee and I will spite the king only. I will bring back all the people unto thee. The man whom thou seekest is uh, is as if all returned so all the people shall be in peace and he and the the saying pleased Absalom well and all the elders of Israel. Now, so here's what Ahithophel's plan is. Ahithophel says, Here, here's what I want to do, Absalom. You give me 12,000 soldiers. I'm going, to, I'm going to go get David. I'll kill David, David alone, and we'll bring back all of David's men, and this nation will be united. This is how it should go. The elders of Israel say, It sounds like a good plan. Absalom says it sounds like a good plan. But Absalom does something, and there's no doubt that God is moving and working in this plan because David, I mean, Absalom asked one more person, one more question, and he goes and talks to Hushai. Remember Hushai? Hushai is David's friend. How many of you thankful for a good friend? Hallelujah. Isn't it good? Hallelujah. Thank God for a good friend. Both be a good friend and thank God for good friends that he gives you along life's way. Hushai was a friend of David, and Hushai makes a wise decision. Ahithophel's plan was working against the plan of God. Ahithophel, you don't want to be an Ahithophel. Now, I'm going to talk more about Ahithophel when we go to Ahithophel's death here in just a minute. But Ahithophel's story is one of great tragedy. He's a man of great power. He's a great, he's a man, honestly, he's a man with a lot of integrity throughout his life. But Ahithophel is the kind of guy that one thing goes bad wrong and God extends mercy and grace to somebody that Ahithophel thinks should be punished. And instead of accepting and rejoicing in God's mercy and grace in David's life because of his sin with Bathsheba, Ahithophel is bent on punishing David when God has decided to extend to him grace and mercy. I want you to know something. Vengeance belongs to the Lord. Getting even belongs to God. Settling the score belongs to God. And Ahithophel in the story, we're just working our way through this. Ahithophel in the story, he's determined to settle the score. And Ahithophel in the end ruins his life. It's sad. 
Ahithophel is bucking the Lord. Is Ahithophel kissing the Son, embracing God and God's will and God's plan? Absolutely not. He is kicking against the will of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God, the grace and mercy and forgiveness of God. And Ahithophel, his plan is one of vengeance, and it always ends in the demise of the avenger. Now God help us. Do not fall into the trap of Ahithophel's plan. Absalom asked Hushai for his advice, and it leads us to the second point. And we'll see this, Hushai's plan. The Bible says, verse 5, then said, Absalom, call now Hushai the archite also, and let us hear likewise what he saith. When Hushai was come to Absalom, Absalom spake unto him, saying, Ahithophel has spoken after this manner. He tells of Ahithophel's plan. Shall we do after his saying? If not, speak thou. So Absalom says to Hushai, hey, listen, here's what Absalom wants to do. Should we do what, what, I'm sorry, here's what Ahithophel wants to do. Should we do it? If not, if you don't think we should, speak now. And the Lord gave Hushai an opportunity to speak up. The first thing I like to think about in Hushai's situation is this is a scary moment. How many of you have ever had an opportunity to speak up for the Lord, to stand up for Jesus, to go against the grain and represent Jesus appropriately? How many of you have ever had an opportunity? But it was a scary situation, and instead of speaking up, you stayed quiet. I pray the Lord will help us to be with a Christ-like spirit, the kind of Christians who will speak up when we get a chance. Speak up, stand up, be counted. And Hushai does. Absalom says, if you don't think we should do that, let us know. And Hushai says, no, that's not good. Verse 7, he says uh, unto Absalom, the counsel that Hithophel hath given is not good at this time. For said Hushai, thou knowest thy father, his men, and that they be mighty men. Now, I want you to know something about Hushai. Hushai is a fun character to look at. Hushai, he is going to... Uh, The only phrase that I can come up with, he is going to really put on the dog here in just a minute. He is going to wax eloquent. He is going to use the analogies that are uh, very descriptive. And he is an analogy-making machine. I've been thinking about analogies when I've been reading after Hushai. And there's all kinds of them in our language. It's kind of fun to me because... uh, Justin Gritstead was given a, a testimony or something. He was, I can't remember if he was teaching Sunday school or preaching. He was preaching here in, just recently. And he made, this, he made the statement that I use a lot of these analogies. And I do. I like it. I was raised on them. My grandfather used to say, use all kinds of analogies. One that I've thought about all day. He said, if you do that, I'll be all over you like white on rice, boy. And, <laughs> and uh, I keep thinking about that. I'll be all over you like white on rice. And... Uh, so uh, anyway, I'm looking at this and listening to Hushai. And I want you to see Hushai speaking to Absalom. He says, listen, Ahithophel's plan is not good. And I'm going to give you some reasons why. And he begins to wax eloquent. He says in verse number 8, he says, uh, this plan's not good because thou knowest thy father. He's, he's speaking to Absalom, David's his dad. He says, you know your dad and his men. He says, they be mighty men. He said, not only are they mighty men, but they be Chafed in their minds. I like that word. Chafed in their minds. As a bear robbed of her whelp in the field. She says, these guys are wound up like a grizzly bear. Somebody's stolen her babies. We got to be careful. We can't just march in there and somehow think we're going to take over. He's chafed in his mind like a bear robbed of her whelps in the field. And thy father is a man of war. 
and will not lodge with the people. He's smarter than to just stay with a whole group of people. Like, uh, like Ahithophel says, and we can just go take over the whole people, kill just David and bring home all these folks and the nation of Israel be one. It doesn't work like that. He's a man of war. He's not going to be sleeping with him tonight. Verse number 9. Behold, he is hid now in some pit or in some other place. It will come to pass when some of them be overthrown at the first that whosoever heareth it will say there is a slaughter among the people that follow Absalom. He says, look, the first time there's any distress, it's going to get back and your name's going to be mud. This isn't going to work. Verse 10, he also, that is valiant, whose heart is as the heart of a lion. He said, I'm telling you, your father David and his, his men, they're valiant. Uh, I know I'm, I'm, I'm mistaken there. He's talking, Hushai's talking about uh, Absalom's soldiers. He says, you've got good soldiers. You've got men that have hearts like lions. You've got, you've got brave men. But when they face David and something goes a little bit wrong, their hearts shall utterly melt. For all Israel knoweth that thy father's a mighty man. And they which be with him are valuable. I mean, he said, as soon as something starts to go wrong, I'm just going to tell you, uh, Absalom, this is who shall I speak. When something goes wrong, as valiant and mighty as your men are, they're going to be scared to death of your dad. And they should have been, shouldn't they? Because their dad was on God's side. Look, don't be fighting somebody that's on God's side. If you attempt that, you should be scared to death, and rightfully so. Verse 11, Therefore I counsel that all Israel be generally gathered unto thee, from Dan even to Beersheba as the sand that is by the sea for multitude and that thou go to battle in thine own person. He says, what I recommend is that you gather a bigger army than 12,000. You're going to need more than 12,000. My idea is that you gather as many armies of men as you can possibly gather in all the land that you've got power over. You should gather them together and not put Ahithophel in charge, but you should lead the charge and lead the way. The Bible says in verse 12, so shall we come upon him in some place where he shall be found. And we will light upon him as the dew falleth on the ground. I like that analogy. He says we're going, we're going to be all over them. We're going to be all over them. Like dew on the ground. We're going to be all over them. This great multitude is what you need. And of him and of all the men that are with him, there shall not be left so much as one. Verse 13, moreover, if he be gotten into a city, this is a fascinating verse. Moreover, if he be gotten into a city, then shall all Israel bring ropes to that city, and we will draw it into the river until there be not one small stone found there. He says, and I'll just tell you, if for some reason he gets away and he sneaks into some city, we'll take ropes and we'll tie and we'll pull and we'll drag and we'll destroy the whole city until we find him. The Bible says in verse 14, And Absalom... And all the men of Israel said, The counsel of Hushai the archite is better than the counsel of Ahithophel. Hmm. Hushai spoke up. Guess what happened? It worked. Why did it work? Now, it's fun to watch Hushai. Because Hushai comes up with all these great analogies. And he paints a big, sweet picture of hungry bears and dew on uh, multitudes. And he paints some pretty grueling, awesome pictures with his words and he does his very best but the bible tells us ultimately why the council of Hushai was accepted by Absalom and his people over the council of Ahithophel 
We should do our very best, but I'm going to tell you something. All of our best is not enough. We need the power and blessing of God. And the reason that Hushai's counsel was accepted, the Bible says in verse 14, for the Lord had appointed to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel. God had chosen. God had decided that it was his will that Hushai's counsel would be above Ahithophel's. And God was at work to the intent that the Lord might bring evil upon Absalom. Absalom is going to be punished for his rebellion. We see the Hushai's plan, Ahithophel's plan, Hushai's plan. Number three, the woman and the spies. The plan is accepted. And now Hushai says, you know what we need to do? We need to make sure that the message gets to David and his men because they don't need to stay where they are. So the Bible says in verse 15, Then said Hushai unto Zadok and to Abiathar, the priest, Thus and thus did Ahithophel counsel Absalom and the elders of Israel, and thus and thus have I counseled. Now therefore send quickly and tell David, saying, Lodge not this night in the plains of the wilderness, but be speedily over, unless the king be swallowed up and all the people that are with him. So Hushai sends uh, messengers. The messenger's name, we meet him in 17, is Jonathan and Ahimaaz, uh, they who stayed by in Rogel. For they might not be seen to come into the city. And a wench went and told them, and they went and told King David. Why, as they went to tell King David, verse 18, the Bible says, A lad saw them and told Absalom. So here's what happens. We've got these two spies going to tell David what's going on, a message from Hushai, and a little lad spies him, and the little lad's a narc. I don't really like that word. Uh, there's times in life where it's really good that you tell on people who are doing the wrong thing. Don't fall into that foolish trap. You need to have courage to speak up for what's right instead of having some kind of false courage to hold things in and keep from letting righteousness rule and reign. So the little lad sees these spies and goes and tells Absalom. Absalom sends spies after them, but we meet this woman. We're talking now about the woman and the spies. Verse 19, the woman took and spread a covering over the whale's mouth and spread ground corn thereon, and the thing was not known. I'm hurrying through this, but here's the way it worked. In the court of this woman's home, there was a whale, and this at this time, whales were, were deep and wide, and uh, they were uh, they were dug out of the ground, and you could, you could get down in them. And so there was a whale in their court, and she took uh, and hid the spies down inside the whale and put a covering over the whale. And then she put, uh, she put corn over top of the covering on top of the whale, so it looked like a place that corn was drying out in the sun. And she protected these spies. I think it's fun to see the many times through Scripture that God includes these nameless women these nameless folks who they serve God, they serve faithfully. They're, they're never mentioned by name. We don't know who they are. We don't have descriptions of what they look like. But God uses them, and it's a good reminder to all of us that God has a work for us to do. God has a plan for our life. Listen, you know what you should do with your life? You should kiss the sun. You should say, yes, Lord, I'll serve you. And God will use you in a big way. The woman spares the spies. The spies make their way and warn King David. And Ahithophel gets word that Hushai's counsel was taken over his. And I want you to see what Ahithophel does. This is a sad moment. Look at the Bible says, verse 23. And when Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed, he saddled his ass and arose and got him home 
to his house, to his city, and put his household in order. He said, you're in charge of this, you're in charge of that, you're in charge of this, you're in charge of this, you get this, you get that. He put his house in order and hanged himself and died and was buried in the sepulcher of his father. And the story of Ahithophel is such a heartbreak. It's so sad, it's so tragic, because no doubt Ahithophel, and rightfully so, his heart was broken over this whole deal with David and Bathsheba. But David repented of his sin, and God forgave him, and God decided to use somebody that was tarnished to do his work. I want you to know something. If God chooses to use you or God chooses to use me, he's going to be using somebody who has a tarnished reputation to do his work. There's no exceptions to that. The only person that God has ordained to do his work without a tarnished reputation is our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. And if you can't serve God or live around or forgive people with checkered past and difficult situations and sin in their history, then you can't live a productive Christian life. You see, forgiveness has to become one of the most important things in our Christian life. And you've got to learn to forgive people. You know what happened to Ahithophel? Ahithophel thought that the justice that he wanted on David's life was more important than the will of God, and that's just not right. You see, we need to get to the place where we pray that God will bless our enemies. That's not easy, is it? We need to pray that God will bless those people who've done us dirty and treated us with un- injustice. we got to pray. God, will you bless that person that's caused me such grief? <laughs> Until you can get there. I'm just telling you. You've not experienced true forgiveness. I'm not saying what I have to say is easy. But I do see this pictured over and over and over again in Scripture. The person who will not submit to the forgiveness of God, the plan of God, the will of God, who will not acknowledge the blessings of God in their lives, but are bent and determined to get what they want the way they want it. Those people live lives that end in tragedy, and Ahithophel's life is a great tragedy, and it breaks my heart. Ahithophel's bitterness drove him to a place that no one should ever go. He took his own life. If you ever contemplate suicide, I pray you'll remember what I'm saying. You don't have to do that. It's not that bad. It's going to be okay. There are far more people who care about you and love you than you can imagine at this moment. And God has a plan for your life. And taking your own life is not part of his plan. If you ever get to the place where you think, I think I'm going to take my life, you call me. There are folks who care. Don't do it. And by all means, don't fall into this trap that you seek and yearn for revenge so much that you're willing to take your own life when it doesn't go your way. It's not right. It's tragic. It's sad. And Jesus has offered a better plan. There's something interesting, and we're going to come to it. But I saw in the heading as we get 
turn a few pages in our, our Bibles, uh, there's a passage that where Shimei is going to be uh, pardoned. And if I'm not mistaken, it's the same Shimei that was cursing and throwing stones in the last chapter. You remember him? Shimei is going to be pardoned. God is going to put it in the heart of David to forgive folks. And I think it's good to remember this. When you look at Ahithophel's death, it's not good. It's sad. The last part of this chapter, we won't read it. We, don't have, we won't take the time. We've read it already. The last part of this chapter, the Bible paints this picture. Absalom, he deputizes a new leader for his armies. And he sets the stage and is going to begin the process of trying to conquer and kill David. David and his men are camped out and God puts on the heart of some faithful servants of the Lord to carry him some food. I do like this part of the verse, chapter 17, verse number 29. I think it's going to be my new life's verse. Honey and butter and sheep and cheese. (laughs) Hallelujah. I like it. Maybe that's the first time they ever came up with honey butter. It's biblical. (laughs) Honey, I'm looking for yeast roll in 29. God sends some folks to strengthen David and his men. I think it is important to note that those of us who determine with their hearts to trust the Lord, there's going to be low times. It's a fact. But I want to encourage you to know something. You're not alone, and God knows where you are, and God along the way will send folks to encourage you and strengthen you and help you. The table's set as we turn the page from chapter 17 to chapter 18 for so much of this mess to be behind David, and I'm glad. I want to remind you of something. Wherever you are at this moment, there's always a temptation to choose the flesh over Jesus. There's always a temptation to choose your own way and your own yearning and desires over the word of God and the ways of Jesus. And I want to say one thing. You take this to heart. Kiss the son. Kiss the son. Choose Jesus. Choose Jesus' ways. Choose forgiveness. Choose God's will over your own. You'll be so glad. God's going to prove himself faithful as he always does. Kiss the sun. Let's pray.